Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, small town fam. How are you doing? I hope you're all well. Whether it's winter where you are or summer, it's still February. And Small Town Dicks is still on hiatus. Boo. So, today, we thought we would share a double header from our Patreon vault with all of you. Because more Detective Dan and Dave in your ears is always better. First up is a delightful sit-around-the-kitchen-table kind of conversation about all the ways Hollywood pretends law enforcement works. This leads to a couple of real-life stories about cops who clearly failed the class on how to read a room. Here is Hollywood versus Cops. Hey, small town fam. Welcome to Patreon. Thank you for subscribing. Here's a little nugget of snackable content. In my business, which is entertainment, we have a way of doing things in television, particularly sometimes in film, that I know you guys take umbrage with in real life in terms of law enforcement. Like you can't get a DNA test back in nine hours. That is true. There is no shoe print database. Hey, can you run this shoe print? Yep, that's a size nine Nike that was bought by John Doe. At, <laughs> in 1986. At Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Um, tell us, what are some of the other pet peeves you have with the way we do things in my biz? For me, it's uh, when we watch like a, if you watch a cop show, it's how their uniform is. When I see like how their duty belt is organized and where they put stuff on their duty belt or where they have their badge pinned on their shirt and their name tag and their other stuff. It's just always off. Or if they have keepers, cause you wear two belts, you've got a belt that goes through your pants, like an actual belt. And then you have your duty belt that goes on over and keepers are these straps that basically bind those two belts together. So you're your duty belt isn't spinning around and, you know, everything's tight and close together. So you see people and they don't have keepers on, things like that. You'd think they have supervisors, though, law enforcement supervisors saying, for this jurisdiction, you wear your badge here and your name tag here and you need a keeper. Well, it's clear on some shows. Southland. Oh, they were squared away. Really enjoyed that show. You could tell that they had somebody who was a law enforcement person advising on that show. 
because their officers look squared away. There's other shows, particularly detective shows, where you will see how a detective is dressed in plain clothes, but the way they have everything set up, like a cross-draw holster where you have to reach across your body. Does nobody do that anymore? I've never seen somebody do that, ever. (laughs) Yeah, it drives me nuts. Yeah. So if you're a plainclothes detective, where do you keep your gun? In your sock? No, I keep my gun right on my left hip. I'm left-handed. I've got my holster, my dress belt slides right through the holster. I put my badge on the same side as my gun because people see guns and like, that guy's armed. But if you got your badge right next to it, they're like, oh, he's a cop too. He's got a badge with it. So it's little things like that where you're like, that's inaccurate. Or there's a show on right now, The Rookie, which I've watched it. These rookie officers, they're not even cut loose yet. And they've all been in like seven shootings. (laughs) I was like, how? I know it's LA, but give me a break. (laughs) (laughs) What's inaccurate about that? Couldn't you on your first day be in a shooting? You could, but you wouldn't be working the next day. You're going to be off for a while. You just flush it, Dave. You just flush it. You walk away. Right. Once the shift's over, that shooting that you were just in, it doesn't count anymore. Because the episode's over, so... Yeah. I get, you know, it's not true, like, episode one was day one, episode two is day two. I get it. But these guys are all still in their, what, 16 to 20-week FTO program, and one of them's been in, like, six shootings. (laughs) Like, damn, dude. You need to work on some de-escalation techniques. (laughs) Why do you keep using deadly force? You know, that kind of stuff. Come on, tone it down a little bit. And the shooting. You see the form on the shooting, like the grip on the pistol. So like I described saucer and cup where you're, you know, the butt of the gun is resting in the palm of your left hand and your right hand is wrapped around the grip. And it's not how we hold the gun. That's not a good grip. The gun that we have is a Smith & Wesson M&P 40. That grip doesn't work for that. If your booger hook hits the bang switch, it'll go off, but it's not going to be very accurate right. shooting like that. I notice often actually in TV, as they go through the door, their finger is on the trigger. And I know you guys, you never put your finger on the trigger unless you're absolutely prepared to shoot. Yeah, your finger doesn't go to the trigger until you are ready to pull the trigger. So trigger finger outside of trigger guard. Up on the slide, if you got a rifle, it's on the frame. You know, even people that take pictures with guns, like showing off, hey, I went to the range today, I'm shooting, and they take a selfie or somebody takes a picture of them, they got their finger on the trigger, drives me nuts. Bad form. Bad. Bad, bad, Stupid. That's how people get shot. Yeah. I'm doing stupid stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. What else? We could talk about the old Charlie's Angels, high ready. Yeah, where the gun, the barrel's pointing up in the air. Yeah, hey, we're going to go search this house, and you got the barrel pointed up, your two hands together, and holding it like you're praying. Now, did anybody ever hold a gun like that? Yeah, Fair Fawcett did. (laughs) Dirty Harry. Yeah, or shooting one-handed. You hit a target from like 30 yards one-handed, or you do the turn it sideways. Right. Just pouring rounds downrange, you're like, no. You got to account for every one of those rounds that's going down range, you know? (laughs) Here's one that I always see, too, is like, you know, a cop gets out and they're getting ready to go in and search a building and they rack the slide to put a round in the chamber. Dude, if you're doing it like that, you are doing it wrong. I mean, there should always be a round in the chamber of that thing. Yeah. Before you start your shift. So, you you know, you see him and they go, 
like that and cock their gun, right. you're a moron. Cops don't do that. So you all, as a cop, you always already have a bullet in the chamber. Yeah, already ready to go. Okay. Yeah. They stack up at the door and then they kind of pause when they're in the door. They're right in the funnel. You're like, move, dummy. <laughs> You're going to get shot. You mean dead center in the funnel. Yeah, or even you want to be out of the funnel. You don't want any part of you in that funnel. So if you're even like peeking your head around the corner or whatever, you're still in the funnel. Like, get through the doorway. Get through the doorway if you got another guy or even if it's just you. You like you got to know how to clear a room. You don't just burst through the door and go to the middle of the room. Like you're going to move in a certain direction and I'm not going to give it up because it's trade craft for us. Yeah. Or this one, cops you they're searching a the house and they got the gun way out in front of them and they walk through a door. With the arm totally extended. Yeah, two and a half feet of arm that gets into the room. Before the person? Before the person. If somebody's sitting on the doorway, they go, oh, well, there's a gun right there. Thank you. <laughs> Grab the person's arm, wrestle the gun away from them. Like, you're not extended. It's in tight. It's in tight. To your chest. Yeah. People who can't see you. I'm not offering you my gun. Right. Yeah. Well, in Hollywood, you also see this, too, when somebody runs out of bullets and the gun goes click, and then they go click, click, click. That only works. That only works for a revolver. It's if you got a semi-automatic pistol, you can't go click, click, click. What happens after the last round goes off? The slide locks back, and you have to eject the magazine. You got to reset the trigger. Yeah, the firing pin. So once your gun goes dry, you'll get one more click because the trigger has reset. Okay. But you won't get one after that. You got to keep racking the slide to get the trigger to reset. And that wouldn't make any sense because now you know the gun is empty and then you just look like a big dope on TV. Right. And I'm not a big gun guy, so I'm sure there's going to be some gun nut cop who's going to be like, this idiot doesn't know what he's talking about. It's the gist of what we're talking about here. There may be exceptions. Okay, what about evidence collection? I do notice oftentimes if you watch true crime like on Oxygen or ID Discovery and they're doing what they call recree recreations half the time they're not wearing any gloves well and i notice that sometimes with regular cops they're not wearing gloves that's crazy and they're handling evidence and you're like dude what are you doing man handling guns too with no gloves on especially when there's a question of whose gun is that and you're not wearing gloves and you're touching that gun that's not smart here's a question you ever seen a chalk outline of a body I haven't. Is that? It's like a ghost. I've never seen one really? either. I've never seen a chalk outline. No. How did that become part of the the zeitgeist? I'm sure they did it back in the day. They yeah. just don't do it anymore. Probably before we had you know photographs, and now we have digital cameras and things like that. But we have 360 degree scanners that you can rebuild a crime scene. So right. we don't need the chalk outline. I was like, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, I've never seen a chalk outline. I'm kind of pissed off about that. <laughs> other evidence collection. Yeah. It's just the return on evidence where I'm always like, God, I wish I worked with Gil Grissom in the, uh, in the CSI lab. That is cool stuff. And you got it back within an hour. Awesome. They put a rush on it in the middle of the night. And what do you know? Doesn't quite happen that way. But here's another Hollywood thing. You know, you walk into the lab for CSI or a lot of these interview rooms, it's dark. I was thinking about that Dark too. and dramatic, you know, and it's not always the swing and light bulb, but these interview rooms, they've always got them so dark. They're moody. Yeah. Our rooms are like bright. 
I wouldn't say they're cheery. You got this hanging light down right over the center of the table that they can take the light and shine it in your face so the spotlight's on you and the shadows on the detective. I've never interviewed somebody in a facility in the dark. (laughs) Not once. Fair enough. Radio traffic? Yeah. When they say over? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you don't say over? No. What do you say? You just say what you're going to say, and then you let your finger off the mic. Oh, off the right. Right. So you got a button on your mic? Or people who talk for a long, long time on the radio. Yeah, I know that's a peeve of yours. Yeah, get off the radio. What if I'm in some stuff and I need that channel to be open? Yeah, yeah people just rambling on the radio. We say break. So if, if you want to continue, you say your sentence, you say break. You let off the mic. Allow somebody else, because if somebody else has some priority traffic that they need to get through, then they can pipe in. But some people will only take, they'll go, break, and like one second later, they start back up, so they don't even pause enough. It's, some officers have diarrhea of the mouth. Sure. Where you like, so you gave me a dissertation. I did not need all that information. Why didn't you just say, clear, resolved? <laughs> Two words. <laughs> and you're off the radio. Off you go. Yeah. I noticed that in television crime shows like Law and Order, it seems like they never write reports. And whereas 10% of your job is breaking down doors and 90% is writing reports. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> that is interesting. End of Watch did a good job yeah. in that movie because Jake Gyllenhaal's character, he is sitting there in the station and he's police reports. These are the lifeblood of police investigations, you know. So he goes into it. That's accurate. The other stuff, maybe not so much, but if you could piece together like End of Watch and Southland and some of the stuff that we've gotten out of The Rookie, you could put together a pretty good police show. Excellent. The Rookie's kind of out of hand. I really liked Southland. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. I don't know why that got canceled. Hollywood people. You know. Yeah. They make great decisions. End of watch, but Jake Gyllenhaal and Knight. What's the other guy's name in that movie? Michael Pena. Yeah, they did a good job, and they were believable as partners, too. So, Yeah. But there's a part in that movie, too, at the very end, in the alley, where they've got their flashlights out. I'm like, turn your fucking flashlight off. What are you doing? Why do you have your flashlight on? Talk about that. I know you guys have a thing. Like, in television and the movies, they always pull up to the house that they're about to investigate. Oh, and they pull up and they park right in front of the house. And you guys don't do that, right? Uh, I try to park down the block. I don't want you to see me coming. Right. I don't want to give away too much, but yeah, when I see people with flashlights on for extended periods of time, I'm like, so they might just see the flashlight because you're behind it, but people shoot at flashlights because they know somebody's holding that flashlight. So we practice flashlight on for a few seconds, flashlight off for a few seconds. You don't want to be, and especially if you're behind another officer, you're backlighting them. Right. People fight over that. <laughs> other officers, stop, stop backlighting That me. was the worst when I was a canine officer. And every now and then you get a rookie officer, somebody just, maybe it was innocent and they just weren't paying attention. And all of a sudden they backlight, they backlight you. Uh, Cause I'm canine, I'm out in front. So everyone's behind me. And then they backlight you. And that's a uncomfortable feeling when you're like, I'm pretty sure the bad guy knows exactly where I'm at right now. And I have no clue where he's at. 
It's fascinating. You canine guys walk too fast. Oh, it's we're getting pulled by a land shark. I was walking behind Darren the other night. I'm like, Jesus, we're on like a six-minute mile clip here. <laughs> Slow down. They're great for hills. <laughs> Pull you right up the hill. <laughs> you need a little red wagon. You can hop in. Or a Segway. So you'll see undercover cops in these shows or sometimes movies actually doing the drugs or seducing the prostitute. Is that a stretch or does that actually happen? Uh, I've not heard of any other officer doing drugs, like testing the product where they put, all right, if you're going to buy this, I need to see you take a hit. Right. Ethically speaking, that never happens. Obviously, there's bad actors in every profession, but... I thought that's how you're supposed to test cocaine, though, is rub it on your gums. They don't do that? That's how they teach us in the academy, right? Miami Vice style? Yeah. You got to rub it on your gums. You get the tingle. It means it's working. Or you... (laughs) Use the narco pouches. What's a narco pouch? Those are the little uh, the little plastic bags, and they have these ampules, and you put the cocaine in the bag, you break the ampule, which has a chemical in it. There's a chemical reaction, and it tells you if it's positive or negative for whatever substance you're testing Because it turns for. a color or something? Yeah. I see. So there are ethical standards that we need to maintain. Hooking up with prostitutes, can't test the product. <laughs> uh, Frowned upon. Doing drugs. Don't test the product. Yeah, there are boundaries. I'm sure that there's been police officers out there who break those standards, but I don't know any officers that are out there like, hey, um, before we complete this deal, I want to take a hit of that meth to make sure it's meth. Oy. Yeah. Oh, that's pure Colombian yayo. yo <laughs> Yeah. No, they're not out testing the products. But you do have undercover cops who sort of mingle with the drug dealers, right? Yeah. And I'm sure you have officers who go and try to pick up prostitutes to figure out who the pimps are, I'm guessing, mostly? We've done prostitution stings like that, yeah. But usually we act as the prostitute. Oh. We try to bust the Johns. We don't try to bust the girls. So you will have a female police officer. Sometimes we do. We've done those reverse ones. Stings like uh, escorts, backpage.com escorts. Right. Yeah. But when we do those, we've also got people from victims advocacy agencies. So in the event a woman's being sex trafficked, after the police are done dealing with them, we also hand them off to an advocate who can help them get out of the situation they're in. That's cool. So it's kind of like a an assembly line. Cops deal with them, we hand them off to the person that we hopefully can get them out of that. Right. But those are interesting. Do you encounter people who have a misperception of cops because they've seen cops on television do something, but in real life they can't actually do that? Yeah. We talked during the last episode about the frequency of police officers shooting people, which is exceptionally rare. Dealt with a call the other night where somebody thought that just because they told us hey, that person has my property. You should write a search warrant and get into their house right now and and get my property back. I was like, that's not how it works. Well, I'm telling you that the stuff is in there. I want you to get a search warrant and go in there and grab it. I'm like, (laughs) I wish it was that easy. Right. It is not. I think the misconception is that we have the ability to violate people's rights or privacy on a level that we do not have those rights. The other thing is a lot of people after watching 
the news or watching TV shows think that they are now lawyers by proxy. Like they know the law better than I do. They know what they are capable of doing, what their rights are. So we have issues with that with juveniles. You can't arrest me without my mom's permission. I'm like, oh, is that what you believe? Well, my mom said that you can't arrest me without her permission. Call your mom, bring her down here. You know? Because <laughs> your mom's not right about that. It's that stuff. It's uh, people at a door. We had a recent appeals court case where somebody calls in and says, my dad is killing my brother. Get here now. So the police show up and the 911 call taker in this case, instead of writing down brother, wrote mother. So it's just a typo. But they wrote mother. So the officers, when they get there, they are at the door and they knock and this dad answers the door and he's covered in sweat and he is pissed off, like fired up. And the officers ask, hey, somebody called the police, said that father, you, was killing their mother. And he's like, their mother's at work. What are you talking about? There's no mother here. And they're like, they got it wrong. It's killing the brother. So there's a brother in the background who looks like he's been in a tussle. And these officers are not thinking brother. They're still thinking mother. And they get into this argument at the door. And the officer's like, well, we need to come in and do a welfare check and make sure that mother is not dead. And he's like, I'm telling you, if mother was here, her car would be in the driveway. And it, this situation devolves. So the officers go in, force their way in, and have to use force on this guy. And it turns out, the officers had the facts wrong, all because of a little typo. So this family files a lawsuit against the police for the use of force issues. And the police are basically saying, in good faith, we're going in there trying to make sure that mom's not dead. Well, on the 911 call, you can hear it clearly says fighting brother. Right. So long story short, this goes through all kinds of appeals, you know, court decisions, reaches the appeals court, and the appeals court says, no, you know, the officers in good faith are trying to do what they think is right. They didn't do anything wrong. Like, they are immune from this situation. So that helps us. We get a lot of situations where someone's like, you can't come in my house. And I say, I just got a report of child abuse in your house, or it's a domestic. I got a report from a neighbor that says they can hear a male beating the hell out of a woman and she's screaming, help me. I am coming into your house. I guarantee it. I don't need a search warrant. I'm coming in. Those types of things. People will get standoffish because they know that they know the law better than you. Right. Yeah. That's when you call a watch commander in. Right. You say, hey, we're going to have to kick this door. You want to start heading this way? And that's when we show up and basically say, yeah, given those facts, we're kicking in that door. Here's another misnomer I think that is out there. The feds versus the local cops. We don't really have a rivalry with the feds. Like the FBI, we work with the FBI quite a bit. They don't ever come in and treat us like we're numbskulls. Right. Like we're little brother. No, we just all work together. That's what we do. There's no rivalry there. Yeah, sure. I mean, if I've got a case and the FBI comes in and says, hey, why don't you just give me all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little butthurt because I want to finish my case. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to get in their way. I'm, we're going to solve it together and I'm going to provide any assistance I can. Yeah. It's not going to ruin my day. Because you're all going for the same win. Yeah. Same team. Right. Even with fire, you know? Yeah. See these rivalries sometimes where I've seen 
videos where a police officer arrested a fireman for parking his fire truck on the freeway to block a crash scene. It's all for protection. And this officer <laughs> goes to arrest this firefighter. Was who, that on TV? No, this is real life. Why would he do that? Because he wanted to open up the freeway because it's clogging up traffic. So this trooper is frustrated because this accident scene is clogging up the freeway. And he wants to get traffic open back up. So he's telling these firefighters, like, get your fire truck off out of the roadway. And the firefighter guys are like, no, we're still dealing with this. And they park in a specific manner that basically creates like a safety pocket for them. Sure, that makes sense. Somebody's going to hit their truck, not them. Yeah. When they're out on their feet. So this officer takes this firefighter into custody and I'm just watching this going, you might be the stupidest police officer on the planet. If you've got that kind of lack of discretion and common sense, what is your deal? You're stupid. I don't want to work with you. That's ballsy. Like if you don't get that, again, we're all on the same side here. Safety is our number one priority. Mm -hmm. That's Wow. There's another one in, in another state where a detective was in an emergency room and a nurse wasn't doing what the detective wanted. And the detective went hands-on with this ER nurse. Like arrested her? Yeah. Because she wasn't doing what he was telling her to do. You're like... That might not work out for you. Dude. Time, <laughs> doing place, it wrong. and circumstance. Yeah. You're doing it wrong. Whereas, and I have to tell you, if I saw that on television, I'd be like, come on. You're just trying to create some drama for me at 930 at night. That never would happen. And yet, once in a while, truth is stranger than fiction. Yep. I'll say this. Every occupation's got them, right? Sure. Uh, absolutely. Mindless idiots. Yeah. Just bad like, actor. Eh, you make us all look bad. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for that. We're not all like that. <laughs> and there you have it. Some snackable content. Happy Patreon. Hey, small town fam. It's Yardley. I want to talk about Pros. Pros is the custom hair and skin beauty brand where you get on their website, answer a bunch of questions about where you live and how old you are and what kind of hair you have, what kind of hair you want to have. And then, from millions of possible formulas, they create a formula just for you. So I'm lucky I have a lot of hair. Most days, my hair is the boss of me. So I need shampoo and conditioner that gets my hair to calm down a little bit. So I've been using Pros for a while, and one of my favorite things about it is you can choose your scent. They have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and then adjusts the formula. Also, Pros is a certified B Corp. It's cruelty-free, and it's the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So it's not only better for you, it's better for the planet. So, small town fam, Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, that they're offering an exclusive trial of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash town. That's right. You get your free consultation and then 50% off at pros.com slash town. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash town. Do it. Hey, small town fam, it's Yardley. 
It's gonna be summer soon, so the potential for stinky pits is imminent. That's why I really love Lumi. I'm obsessed with their sweat control, cream deodorant. I think I've said this so many times, but honest to God, I never thought I'd use a cream deodorant because they're sloppy and gloppy and sticky and bleh. But Lumi isn't any of those things. It dries quickly, it's never sticky, and it doesn't leave any white streaks on my dark clothing. So all of those things are a win for me. If you're not familiar with Lumi, let me tell you a few things. Six years ago, an OBGYN invented her game-changing whole body deodorant, and now it has over 300,000 five-star reviews from people like me. Lumi is baking soda-free, paraben-free, and pH balanced, so it's safe for your pits and your bits, which means you can use it below the belt. They have a lovely variety of fresh, bright scents like clean tangerine, my favorite, lavender sage, or toasted coconut. And the secret to Lumi's success is it's formulated and powered by mandelic acid. That's how it stops odor before it starts. So, small town fam, Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, my fave, and two free products of your choice, like mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. And on top of that, as a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code, which is small town. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off the starter pack. So use code small town for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's code small town at L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Do it. Hey folks. Detective Dave here. Let me tell you about Simply Safe, the home security system that I trust to keep my family safe. I depend on Simply Safe to provide me and my loved ones with 360 degree coverage of my property and valuables. I love the variety of monitoring sensors available with Simply Safe Home Security. You get a glass break sensor, which in my experience is one of the most effective tools of detecting a break in. In addition, Simply Safe offers motion sensors, entry sensors, sirens, and flood and fire detection. With Simply Safe Home Security, I have the flexibility to use keypads at multiple entries at my house. This option is especially important to me and my family. I can provide access to people I trust and limit having multiple keys outside of my control, all at the push of a button via the Simply Safe app. It comes with a variety of cameras for indoors and outdoors. And best of all, Simply Safe is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than $1 a day. It gives me peace of mind knowing I can leave the house, I can leave town, I can even leave the country, and I know my home is simply safe. The mobile app integration makes it so easy to make sure everything's in place in real time. I check it every day when I'm away from home. Simply Safe is the best. US News and World Report named Simply Safe Best Home Security Systems 2024. And Newsweek ranked it Best Customer Service in Home Security. With Simply Safe, there are no contracts. And if you're not happy with the service or the product, they have a 60 day money back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with Fast Protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/slash smalltown. That's simplysafe.com/slash smalltown. There's no safe like Simply Safe. 
small town fam, I swear you cannot make this stuff up. So we thought a fabulous part deux to Hollywood versus Cops would be the Patreon episode where I quiz Dad and Dave on strange laws that are on the books. I read the description of the law, and they have to guess where that law would be enforced. Let the games begin. Hey, small town super fam. How are you? We are so pleased that you've decided to join us here on Patreon today. I have a really fun, funny little snackable nugget for us today. We're going to talk about stupid and strange laws in the United States, all of which have been active within the last 20 years. So some may have been active much, much longer than that, but none of them, you know, ended in 1789. So this is just a random number. I have with me Detective Dan. Hello, Yardley. Hello, Daniel. And we have Detective Dave. Daniel, Yardley. Sir, David, as I like to call you. We also have Zipper, the cat, who woke up from her nap as soon as I hit record. I don't know how she always knows that we're about to do something where we need her to actually be quiet because she's stone deaf. Literally, the cat is deaf as opposed. But she knows. She always knows. Anyway, you know. Recording from home. Um, first, I want you to guess which state this silly law is in. <laughs> no person shall feed garbage to swine without first obtaining a permit from the associate director. And it goes on. All permits shall be renewed during January of each year. So don't go trying to get it in February or March. This does not apply to any person who feeds only their own household garbage to swine, which are raised for their own use. So I guess you can feed your own pigs your own garbage. Just don't cross the street for this. Any thoughts? You'll never guess. Indiana. That's a pretty good guess. I wouldn't have guessed that if I was guessing. My thought was Arkansas, like the Arkansas Razorbacks, the football team. That's a good guess, too. It's actually Arizona. I got the AR part right. You did. I didn't know Arizona was such a swine hub. News to me as well. (laughs) Well, you're thinking about Arizona, that's hot garbage. That's some hot garbage. You are not wrong. Okay, here's another one. Any person may possess... Any person may possess any number of live frogs to use in frog jumping contests. But if such a frog dies or is killed, it must be destroyed as soon as possible and may not be eaten or otherwise used for any purpose. Got to be Calaveras County. I don't know what state that is in, though. Isn't there like a famous frog jumping race in Calaveras County? There is. I don't even know how you know that. I'm trying to think of a place with ponds and an abundance of frogs that would potentially enter a contest. Have you had frog legs? I have, actually. A long, long time ago. And I don't really remember what they tasted like, but I do remember that they looked like frog legs. Like, they looked like the little legs of a frog, and that was a no-go for me. Yeah, they taste like amphibious chicken. Yeah, which, what? (laughs) So I'm going to give the point to Dan, because... The state where you can't eat frogs is California. And Dan said Calaveras County, which is, in fact, in California. 
So Dan, you have one point. Did I win cash and prizes? Yes. Did he get all the quiz answers? He did not. I have not seen these laws. I have to go on trust with that. (laughs) Are you calling me untrustworthy? No, I'm just saying (laughs) I'm setting up my protest and appeal. (laughs) Okay. Okay, here's another good one. You must obtain a permit to modify the weather. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know where I grew up. I wanted to change the weather all the time because it rained a lot. I would have needed a permit for that. You would have. Modify the weather. Yeah. Here's a hint. Think of it as a place where weather impacts the economy. Well, when I first started thinking about it, I was thinking about snowmaking machines. So a ski area, I'll say Utah. So close. Oh, close. I was going like Florida. No, Colorado. That was my second choice. You're right about the ski thing because the PSs, ski resorts have burned silver iodide, which can stimulate precipitation when it gets into the clouds. Cloud seeding. Cloud seeding. I didn't know that was a thing. Pretty standard. Pretty standard. (laughs) I got an A in meteorology in college. You did? I did. I didn't even know you took meteorology. I did. You're a man of many talents. Yeah. Billboards are prohibited in these states. There are four states. I know it's not Ebbing, Missouri. There are only three billboards there. Uh, So they banned billboards in... These four states. So we need to name four states. Even if you get one right, I'll give you a a biscuit. Um, I've driven through almost every state in the continental U.S. What's funny is billboards are such a ubiquitous part of the landscape. I've got two right off the top of my head. You do? Alaska and Hawaii. Go, damn. This is fucking rigged. You'll never get the other two. I know it's not South Dakota, because if you drive South Dakota, there's a billboard, it seems like every half mile, and it's all advertising for the same thing. Montana. Nope. Whatever. Close, though. I mean, it's an M. Michigan. (laughs) No. It's Maine and Vermont. So Alaska, Maine, Vermont, and Hawaii have prohibited billboards. I got one point. One point. (laughs) A liquor store cannot sell cooled or iced water, cooled or iced carbonated soda, cooled or iced grenadine, or cooled or iced flavor extracts, which assumes they can sell all of those Things warm, although you can't sell warm iced water, so just forget that. Delaware. (laughs) No, I like it though. And this is in the United States? It is. It sounds like a communist country. (laughs) I just don't know, like, what's the basis of such a law? Well, it might impact somebody else's sales. I suppose. Maybe somebody complained. What do you say, Zip? Or the immediate availability to drink a beverage using those things. So maybe they want you to get it home and refrigerate it. I'm really trying to problem solve right now <laughs> and use logic. Wow, zipper. Frontal cortex. If it's not Delaware, it's Kentucky. Zipper. I got that wrong too. Yeah. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Iowa. It's an I. Idaho. No, it's Indiana. Damn. <laughs> okay, here's one. 
Every legislator, public officer, and lawyer must take an oath stating, I have not fought a duel with deadly weapons within this state nor out of it, nor have I sent or accepted a challenge to fight a duel with deadly weapons, nor have I acted as second in carrying a challenge, nor aided or assisted any person thus offending. So help me God. Virginia. No. Pennsylvania. No. I'm thinking something colonial because that would have come over. It's old. From Europe or from England. Kentucky. The Commonwealth. <laughs> the Commonwealth of Kentucky, yes. Yes. I had a glove and I could slap Dave in the face with it and say, I challenge you to a duel. I hope you have a great <laughs> dental plan, Dan. That would <laughs> result in you drinking your meals for the next several weeks. Oh, okay. Moving on before things get heated. Pretty aggressive. This one, this one, you'll guess just because of what I'm going to tell you, but it's sort of funny and silly. When cooking traditional jambalaya, you can disregard the health code. Definitely not Louisiana. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Louisiana. It's Louisiana, yes, right? They're looking at me like, what? That's impossible. <laughs> I mean, if it was Maryland, we'd be talking about crab cakes, so. That's right. And football. That's true. Okay. A pinball machine can't give away more than 25 free games to a player. New York. Pinball machine. Mm Mm-hmm. Who's known for their arcades? I don't know. New Jersey boardwalk. What about that deaf, dumb, blind kid? Arkansas. What? It's Arkansas. Known for their pinball. We think this has to do with gambling. Oh. It's not saying that it's illegal for a pinball machine to give away that many games. Rather, it's saying that a pinball machine will be classified as something other than an amusement device if it gives away more than 25 games. Got it. It just seems like a bunch of hooey. I'm a little disappointed that you guys didn't get my... Hey, Gary, or Logan, or Soren, one of you guys would know this. What's that song? That deaf, dumb, blind kid. The who? Pinball wizard. Sure plays Ever since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball. Uh, okay. (laughs) This is terrible. Okay, this is terrible. A person may not knowingly sell, barter, or offer the fur or hair of a dog or cat. (laughs) This could be punishable with up to a $2,500 fine and a ban on owning a dog or a cat for 15 years after the conviction. I'm going back to like Oregon Trail times and fur trading and (laughs) trapping. No. Well, I mean, it might have been in those times, but shall I tell you? Missouri. That's Delaware. It's Dave's favorite state. I should just answer Delaware on everything because I just wanted to get one right. (laughs) Another subsection of this same law sets the same penalties for trying to sell, barter, or offer dog and cat flesh. So it falls under the animal cruelty codes. Let's shave zipper. Send it to Delaware. (laughs) See what happens. She's looking at you like, I'm sorry, what? Don't talk about me like that. Oh, okay. In this state, no person afflicted with venereal disease can marry in this state. Nevada. Close. I don't know why I said close. It's an N. New York. Nebraska. (laughs) 
there's no way you could guess these. We just sort of imposed that extra layer of gamesmanship upon you. I just want to point out the quality work that lawmakers are doing out there (laughs) in our state legislatures. Impactful statutes. Really got their eyes on the prize. Yes. Okay. If any person shall carry away or collect for the purpose of carrying away any seaweed or rockweed from the seashore below the high water mark between daylight in... How do you have daylight in the evening? Between daylight in the evening and daylight in the morning, he shall be guilty of a violation. Kansas, Wyoming. The shore, gentlemen. (laughs) The shore. They're landlocked. There's hundreds of miles of shoreline in Wyoming. Seaweed. There's not a lot of seaweed on the East Coast. It's like kelp forests on the West Coast. There's a ton of seaweed. Florida. On the East Coast? Yes. Florida. No. Florida man takes seaweed (laughs) unlawfully. He may have, but that didn't make it on their books. Mm. Go north, young man. Go north. Uh, (sighs) Connecticut. Oh, you're so close. Rhode Island. You're close, too. It's New Hampshire. Oh. Oh. I was thinking Old Hampshire. I was starting to think Maine, but I was like, they're not going to have a repeat. Can't have a repeat. Um, Oh, here's one. Let's put it this way. In a couple of states in the United States, you can't actually pump your own gas like self-serve. You have to use a gas station attendant. Do either of you know why that is? wonder if there's a union involved. A gas station attendant union? Petroleum transfer engineer union. Yeah. I'm a petroleum transfer attendant. I like that. I know that they suspended that in my state during COVID. Oh, really? Yeah, for a portion of time. But now, the rural areas of my state, you can pump your own gas in certain situations. In the more populated areas, you must use a gas station attendant. I don't know why. It certainly would make fuel transfers much more efficient. (laughs) Timely. (laughs) Sure. After living in all these other states where you can pump your own gas and then you go to my state, you're like, I just want to pump my own gas. Get me out of here. Let's go. I can do it. I promise. On the flip side of that, I would say one of the luxuries that I allow myself is for somebody else to pump my gas once in a while. There aren't actually a ton of gas stations in LA where you can have a full-time attendant, but there are a couple. Also, sometimes depends on what I'm wearing. Like if I'm dressed up on my way to someplace fancy, I'm happy to have somebody put the gas in the car when we used to be able to go someplace, anywhere. (laughs) Anyway, we got a little sidetracked there. Uh, The states you can't pump your own gas are New Jersey and Oregon. You also can't pump your own gas in Weymouth, Massachusetts or Huntington, New York. So don't go trying that. Don't do that. The reason why some states have full-time gas station attendants, you can't pump your own gas is because of weather. It's a liability issue. They don't want you to slip on the pavement and sue their asses. But you can do it in Alaska where there's ice on the ground for (laughs) six months out of the year. Whatever. It's probably illegal to buy scissors too. (laughs) Too much government. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) Here's one. Every person who shall voluntarily, maliciously, or of purpose put out an eye slit the nose, ear, or lip, or cut off, bite off, or disable any limb or member of another, 
shall be imprisoned, not exceeding 20 years, nor less than one year. So it's a minimum of one year, a maximum of 20, if you're going to chew on somebody's person. California has a mayhem law. I'm going to say it's California. Oh, you're not right. Well, (laughs) in keeping with tradition in this quiz, I am not right. Are you guessing, Dan? The Mike Tyson law of Nevada. (laughs) It's Rhode Island. Which, in fairness, the mayhem law in California may read very much like that. This one happens to be the language of Rhode Island. So I'm going to give you half a point. Okay. What do we got here? Do you want to keep going? Let's do one more. All right, we'll do one more. (laughs) Here's a good one. If you start playing or singing the Star-Spangled Banner, you better finish it. Texas. Alabama. Those are good guesses. It's Massachusetts. Oh, why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? Plymouth Rock. Whoever plays, sings, or renders the Star-Spangled Banner in any public place, theater, motion picture hall, restaurant, or cafe, or at any public entertainment other than as a whole and separate composition or number, good God, somebody's just like, "Ah, I'm just going to put more words in there, without embellishment or addition in the way of national or other melodies, now I don't even know what I'm reading, or whoever plays, sings, or renders the Star-Spangled Banner or any part thereof as dance music, as an exit march, or as a part of a medley of any kind, shall be punished by a fine of not more than $100. Zipper's like, what? Does it say why, though? It does not. I'm thinking about bad national anthems over the years. Roseanne Barr. Carl Lewis. Fergie. To me, you would want them to to stop. stop. <laughs> they probably heard Whitney Houston's and like, you better finish that one. <laughs> I really did get lost in all of those parenthetical phrases. Are they saying you just have to finish no matter where you are, no matter what the circumstance, finish the Star Spangled Banner if you start it. Otherwise, we'll fine you $100. Is that your interpretation? That's my takeaway. Maybe it's also to prevent people from sampling the Star-Spangled Banner into dance music and stuff. Because if you're just sampling it, you're obviously not going to finish the whole song. But really, probably the takeaway is that the founding fathers or whoever wrote this law figures the Star-Spangled Banner is sacred. It's the anthem of the country. So don't go fucking cherry-picking your pieces for your own shit. Just do it right. Don't start something you can't finish. (laughs) That's pretty much it, or we're going to slap a fine on you. (laughs) Brilliant. Well, there you have it, small town super fam. (laughs) Quizzes are fun. I just got a zero on my SAT. You mean again, Dave? Oh, You get 200 points just for signing your damn name. Yeah, let's get the (laughs) boxing gloves out. There's going to be a fight. And with that... I'm going to leave it right here. Thanks for joining us. You guys are awesome. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I can never get enough of our Dan and Dave. I hope you feel the same. And if you want more of that kind of fabulous sit-around-the-kitchen-table kind of conversation, please join us over on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash smalltowndickspodcast. You guys are the best. 
Well, that was delicious. Here's how it happened. Just like our main episodes, Small Town Dicks on Patreon is produced by Gary Scott and me, Yardley Smith, and co-produced by Detectives Dan and Dave. Our associate producers are Aaron Gaynor and The Real Nick Smitty. Our editors extraordinaire are Logan Heftel and Soren Bajan. And Logan also composed our Patreon theme music. So that's fancy. And finally, our books are cooked and cats wrangled by Ben Cornwell. The team is forever grateful for your support. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.